Yes, thank you, Laura. As always, if you want to get in touch with the program, that's 087-935-0043. Now, of course, the biggest stories dominating the headlines are in the sporting realm this week, which is why a man with 39 wives is all I could really conjure up. Donal Ryan is on the line. How are things, Donal? How are things, Jack? Thanks very much for that. <laughs> Donal, do you think you could live with 39 wives? Uh, probably not, to be honest. <laughs> It'd be a headache, all right. Anyway, uh, the Euros, of course, are well and truly underway. Firstly, the Ericsson debacle. What did you make of that? Oh, it was absolutely horrific, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, the actions of the Danish captain, Simon Kier, and the goalkeeper, Kasper Schmeichel, and, of course, the rest of the Danish team, and of course, without saying, the medical staff, too, that were in the stadium, they can only be commended for their actions because no doubt they they saved his life. Like I mean, they said that they got they got him they got his pulse back going on the first goal of the defibrillator, which is which was fantastic. But it, it really looked like touch and goal. It really looked like it was touch and goal there for a while. You know? Yeah, it it kind of yeah. raises the question. And you know, we've seen it many years ago with the Lucasade incident, or potentially the Lucasade incident of Patrice Muamba and all that stuff. It raises the question as to. Is there anything that more nefarious going on? I often like to spout the idea that perhaps the amount of uh, the, the amount of doping is perhaps much higher than we hear of. Do you think it's anything like that, or is it just simply the amount of usage on those lungs? And um, well, that's that's a it's a pretty it's a pretty fair question to ask, I suppose. And um, you'd wonder how much stuff like doping gets covered up in football. I mean, you hear about it a lot in sports like athletics or running or swimming, mostly like. So I'd imagine a, a degree of it does go on in football behind the scenes. But um, to be honest, I'd say this was just a, a freak incident, really. And mm. um, there's no really, there's no, there's no way anyone can really come out and officially say that uh, Ericsson and all he was taking substances or whatever that he shouldn't have been. But um, you know, these things, unfortunately, they can just happen, and. Uh, as unfortunate as it was, I think Ericsson was just uh, he, he just was just seriously unlucky. I wouldn't mind as well, but he was actually having a very good game up until that. And it, while it, it happened in, towards the end of the first half, and he was he was playing a great game, he didn't look like there was any there was anything bothering him. He just literally just dropped to the ground. And like I said, uh, the quick thinking of his teammates and the medical team can only be commended for what they did for him. Yeah, what have you made so far of the general pace and the general quality of the Euros? Not a lot of anticipation coming up to this. I think Bono and his bank account were the only ones particularly excited. What have you made of it? Ah, uh, well, as a, as a soccer fan, you know, I was really looking forward to it. And to be honest, I think the the games have really lived up to the hype that was surrounding it. And um, there's been some great football being played. I mean, a few of the matches today might have been a bit scrappy, but um. It's been entertaining enough. Like I was just looking through the results there, and tonight the last game that was on against Sweden or between Sweden and Spain was the only nil-nil draw we've had yet, and even that was entertaining enough. I mean, Spain had the lion's share of the chances, of course, but um, what's I think the standard been, of quality? Been, what's the standard of football that's been played? Is is it up to standard? I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the group, the group of death is on tomorrow, which has three of the big hitters, you know, France, Germany and Portugal all in that in that group. So I'd say a lot of people will be waiting to see what they can produce. Mm. Um the likes of Belgium and Italy, Italy, you know, kinda of under the radar a wee bit coming into the tournament, but they had eight straight wins and scored seventeen goals and had conceded none in those games. So, you know, I am not sure how a lot more wasn't made of that going into the tournament, but they they really backed it up on Friday night with a comprehensive three 0 win over Turkey. Yeah, of course the big story yesterday was England's victory over narrow victory over Croatia, and I guess the question we have to ask Donald is: 
is football coming home? Um, off the back of that performance, I don't think so. I think England certainly have a lot more to give than what they showed yesterday. Uh, the only player that stood out for me was Calvin Phillips, who was uh, instrumental in the goal, of course. you know He picked up the ball from Kyle Walker and just drove at the Croatian team and later off to Sterling, who put it away with a nice finish. But uh, I think England and uh, Harry Kane in particular certainly have a lot more to show than that. And um, they'd want to seriously up their game if they're, if they're looking to beat Scotland on, uh, on Friday. Scotland were playing today there, of course, and um, I thought they, they played very well, even though the result really didn't go their way at all. Yes, and of course, Arnautovic is the other big story. Have you seen this one? I have, yeah. Um, Just mental, on- mental stuff. So, uh, Arnautovic, of course, we, we all know him from the Premier League, but he got into a heated exchange during the weekend. Did You weren't by any chance watching the match? I was, yeah. And um, at first at first glance, uh, I thought Arnautovic, Arnautovic was just a bit, a bit miffed that he wasn't started. And I thought when he went off on his rant that uh, it was just kind of aimed at the, at the bench for not starting him as he is previous for that. You know, he's a he's a he's a bit of a he's a bit of a character. Like you know, he, he has he has previous when it comes to like you know issues with his temper and his his attitude. So uh, on first glance, I thought it was just something like that again. But uh, upon a upon, upon a bit more research, it seemed that it was a, a bit more serious than that. You know? Yeah, you're certainly a bit of a character when you have to issue a statement that says, a "quote I'm not racist." So the incident <laughs> we're speaking of is he got into a heated altercation, which ultimately led to the famous words, "quote I'll f your Albanian mother." In the direction, or sorry, these are alleged words in the director in the direction of his opponent uh, on Monday. So the striker's apology, rather, on Monday is dire- directly referencing those people, and uh, it looks like if um, if if he did say it, certainly he he appears to be apologetic, but certainly you know a, a story of how tempers can flare. Of course, yeah, and like, he was after he was after coming off the bench to score a goal in the European Championships for his country. You know, I'd imagine he kind of lost the head a wee bit. I, I'm not sure where all that stuff he was coming out for, coming out with came from, but um, you know, I'd imagine he will have to be reprimanded for that if it's true. Yeah, and I think my favourite story of the sporting weekend was the best in show doll competition. I presume you weren't tuning into this one, Donald. No, I wasn't tuning into it now, <laughs> but I, I did see bits of it going around. All right, especially. Uh, the poor Boston Terrier who nearly got absolutely flattened by his owner there when he was coming out of the tunnel. His owner tripped and one. nearly absolutely he, he tripped over just as the dog was coming out and he nearly absolutely crushed him. <laughs> well, it was it was, pre- it was pretty funny you now, but um, well, of the, the, the winner both, of uh, course sorry. is is a Pentagese is a Pentagese dog, and the Guardian have gone with Hot Dog. So Wasabi is the name of the dog who has won. He wins Best in Show at Westminster's Dog Show, and this is what they're heralding as a, I suppose, a, a momentous occasion. That's a tiny little creature, and I gotta say. It doesn't look like the kind of dog that would win best in show, if I'd be honest. Um, yeah, I know he was tiny. I mean, I think he has more hair on him. Than, I think his hair probably weighs more than the actual dog itself does, you know. Yeah. But um, apparently he's a bit of a... He, he's a bit of a... He comes from a, a good background because apparently his, his grandfather won the same show in 2012 and won again in 2017. So I think he, he was probably 
tipped as a hot favorite going into it. Now I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too big up on my dog shows now to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in America, imagine, it's imagine a huge it's, it's a huge betting yeah. thing as well. It's there's millions spent every every dog show on on the betting. They go absolutely mad for uh, putting money, and especially uh, it's more about the breeds, not necessarily the exact you know in horse racing. Noel Noel uh, Hoban, of course, is was the CRC man, but you you pick your uh, you pick your exact horse in the dog betting game. You pick the the color or their name or anything, uh, but you don't actually pick the exact dog. So it seems like somebody will have made you know a fair crust on, of course, Wasabi during the weekend. Did you see Jim White, the Sky Sports presenter, has announced his retirement? Yeah, and um, Jim, you know, he like synonymous with the uh, transfer deadline day, of course, and the yellow tie and everything, and of course, lo- losing the mind at the eleventh hour for last minute mm. deals getting pushed through. Um, I'm sure, Jim. I'm sure we won't have seen the back of him. Uh, you know, he's he's features for talk sport and stuff as well. So I'd say he he won't be gone completely off the airwaves just yet. But uh, yeah, it's a, a big loss for Sky because, as I said, he's synonymous with deadline day. Yeah, he'll probably start a podcast because there isn't enough of those. Uh, the women's team have you? The women's team are in the news, and uh, for for once they have decided that the issue is now equal pay. We've we haven't heard this one before. This is a unique take by the women's team, but they've got a documentary coming out on HBO Max. It's going to, I guess, go into uh, you know go through the whole thing again, but. It seems like I, from from where I'm standing, and maybe I'm in a bubble, but there's very little support for this cause outside of like this, you know, the the kind of uh, the, the people who are obviously uh, kind of indoctrinated within this. Donald, am I crazy? Sorry, am I crazy to think that there isn't a that that there isn't a lot of support behind the the women's team's equal pays bid? Yeah, um, well. Sorry, Jack, but um, yeah, it, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're crazy, but it does, there doesn't seem to be uh, a fair amount of support for outside of the women's game, which is kind of unfortunate, really. I mean, when you look at the achievements of the American women's soccer team, they've won way more stuff than the men's have than the men's soccer team have. And this doc, this documentary that uh, is coming out on HBO will uh, has been following them since March 2019, which is before they won. The, the last Women's World Cup, which was the second, their second consecutive win and their fourth one overall, and um, so I say it would certainly give a better insight into it, into how things are standing there. Now they did try to sue, uh, they did try to sue the, they did try to sue in America. But uh, they lost their case. Yeah, it was, so, a, it was a hilarious uh, lawsuit because, as somebody who's not a lawyer, you don't need to be a lawyer to recognize. Basically, before they went to the, their latest World Cup tournament, which they won, they were offered either a fixed amount or basically a performance-based incentive package. And it turns out that if they had got the incentive package, if they had gone for that option, they would have made way more money and pretty much equal to what the men's team made, you know, because they won and they, they their performance was incredible during, throughout that tournament. They went with the other option. You know, it's like you sit down at a roulette table and you pick, pick black and it, it goes on red. So they basically sued and they said, no, 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 we want to go back on red. And the judge said, come on, you can't be doing that. But... We'll see where that lawsuit uh, goes. Maybe you'll take up the case. Now, Roland Garros, were you... Uh, I don't know if you're a tennis fan, but did, did you watch any of Roland Garros' finals this weekend? Uh, I, was, I was keeping an eye on them, yeah, and I have to say it was a serious performance from Novak Djokovic to to retain the title. Um, it's the first time ever that uh, he... It's the, he's the first male player to ever win double career grand, grand slams in the Open era, and he beat uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, 
was who had her who had a great run in the tournament, and uh, just be, I just found out that this evening that uh, just before he stepped onto the court, five minutes before it, I believe he had just found out that his grandmother had passed away. Wow! So for him to to even go out and compete and play as good a match as he did in the final, I mean, that can only be applauded, really. Mm. Cutting edge insight. That's why you listen to Donald Ryan on the Jeff McDonald show. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Did you watch the the women's final? Was less intriguing, and I don't mean to be harping on a bandwagon because the uh, I, we had been following, of course, the Greek woman Sakari, who had been I don't know if I'm getting that name wrong, but she had been going very well throughout the whole tournament. There was a lot of buzz about her, but unfortunately, she dropped out in the semi final, which meant that the final was a little bit of a boring affair. To be fair, no more different than Djokovic. And um, the Greek, the other Greek fella. Yeah, well, it was still a good, a good final. I mean, Barbara Chechkova, her maiden Grand Slam singles title. I mean, it's, I, I doubt she found it too boring. Now, to be honest, I mean, it's a cause of great celebration for her. And it was the first time actually that um, the tournament that uh, both the singles, uh, the singles winners uh, hail from Slavic-speaking countries, with Djokovic, of course, from Serbia, and Barbara Chechkova from uh, Czech Republic. So that's just another week. Uh, fun fact for you there about that one <laughs> yeah well thanks so much Dono I, I've never had this amount of fun facts you're doing much more research <laughs> than Keevin did uh, so that of course Dono Ryan once again thank you so much Our, the George Hook interview of course will be coming up in about 15-19 uh, minutes uh, but for now we're going to take some music firstly we will take another Bob Dylan song this is Bob Dylan with Gotta Serve Somebody Somebody <laughs> 